Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards, where our goal is to help you increase your leadership capacity. Let's get ready for today's episode. Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards, where we get to talk we get together and talk every week or month about how leaders can expand their leadership capacity. Come on. I am excited for today because we get to address a major issue in the body of Christ, one that I think plagues every church, no matter your size, no matter your capacity, it affects us. So I'm really excited about uh, this topic today. And so I can't wait to dive in. Uh, John 17 says simply, uh, Jesus' prayer that I pray that they are one as you and I are one. And oftentimes uh, the enemy hates that. So the church becomes a target because anything that looks like God becomes a target for the enemy. And so I'm looking forward to see just how this works itself out in the local church and what we can do about it. So, Pastor Matt, let's yeah. tee it up and let's go. I mean, this is going to be good now. Before we jump in, go to our webpage, visit 1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. You'll see a link to that, and you can go visit there to download some resources we have on this topic. Woo! So and you want this resource today. It's really good. Yeah. And so make sure you get it. Make sure you discuss it with your teams. Make sure you use this as a tool, perhaps every semester, to just remind people of what it looks like to be in pursuit of Christ-likeness in the midst of conflict. What do we got, Andy? Yeah, so here, here it is. Um, it's this topic called triangulation. Mm -hmm. And this shows up everywhere. It shows up at church, shows up at business, probably shows up in your home and in your friendships as well. I'm going to briefly describe what triangulation is, then we're going to talk about it. So triangulation always involves three people. It involves a victim, something mm -hmm. that someone someone that something has happened to by a bad guy or a persecutor. Yep. There's a victim, a bad guy, and a rescuer. So something happens to the victim, they go to the rescuer to plead their case for help and why the rescuer needs to save them from the bad guy or the persecutor. Yep. Then the, th this is a whole drama cycle that goes on. And this happens all the time. It happens in your family where there's a victim, where there's a persecutor, and where there's a rescuer. And um, it shows up in church. It shows up everywhere. It absolutely, it does. There's somewhere right now in your life where it's happening. There's somewhere where it's happening, <laughs> and you're not even aware of it, perhaps, or some of you are aware of it, or some of you are instigating it. Uh, but it, it's one of those things that happen, and if you're not courageous enough to shut right. it down, it will continue to happen. And that's where it divides people. It divides families. It divides churches. It divides small groups. It divides ministries. It just divides because... We are oftentimes afraid to just have the conversation. So here's how basic it is. This is how basic it is. Let's say Pastor Matt and I are here, and he said something to somebody else that offended me. And Pastor Matt, instead of going to the person, he um, comes to me. Is that right, Pastor Matt? And wants to have the conversation with me instead of having it with the person themselves. And therefore, that's triangulation. Go have it with a person that you offended and or that offended you and let's deal with it up front like Matthew 18 says so Pastor Matt let's break it down why do we do this let's break it down yeah. how do we avoid this that kind of stuff let's the, go triangulation is at a core manipulation there's all kind Ooh. of manipulation happening during triangulation there's three reasons that we do that number one is we're not comfortable confronting people directly so we do it indirectly 
we do it all the time. So since I since I don't have the courage to go to the person directly, then I justify in my mind that it's okay for me to go yeah. to somebody else either for prayer with the situation or just to get some insight or wisdom from them. But what I've now done is included somebody else in a conversation about somebody else that did not need to happen. But because of my um, uh, me being afraid to have the conversation, mm -hmm. because of my insecurities in the conversation, because of my identity issues, and I'm not courageous enough, then I don't have it, and I include somebody else. Now I've just literally slandered the person. That's right. Number two. So, I mean, yes, yeah, slander, gossip, all mm -hmm. these things. Number mm -hmm. two is we don't want to hurt feelings, so instead of talking to them, we talk about them. <laughs> so I, I might be a little afraid to talk to them. I don't want to hurt their feelings and have the direct conversation. So let me just talk to somebody else uh, about them so that I don't have to talk to them directly. Again, insecurity issues on my part, lack of faith in God on my part, lack of loving my brother on my part, all of which uh, weakens the body of Christ and strengthens the division that the enemy is trying to have on the body. Yeah, and the last one, number three, this is the big one, uh, to maliciously ruin someone's reputation or get them in trouble. Jesus, there it is. Um, so because of your own insecurities, because of your own fears, I would much rather ruin somebody's reputation by talking to them, talking to somebody else about them, than having the conversation. So I don't want to love them like God has loved me. So instead, I will go to somebody else so somebody else can think about them like I think about them in this present yeah. toxic state. So I think negatively about them, so I want somebody else to think negatively about them too so that I have more people on my side right. thinking negatively about them than lovingly having the conversation. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this just happens all the time. I mean, morning, noon, and night. It happens. Your kids do it. <laughs> That's where we really learn it. Your kids do it, and uh, your coworkers do it, and everywhere you go, we do it, which is why one of the reasons why we, we don't have an option is because we don't know how to handle it. We don't know how to deal with it. We don't, we don't even sometimes know that there's another option, or most of the times we're not even aware yeah. that we're, we're doing triangulation, and because of that, we're not aware that we're sinning in the process, which Ooh. is why we have to address it. And it just, it, it really just, it just wrecks how communication is supposed to happen. It yep. wrecks how conflict is supposed to happen. And yep. anytime uh, a guy that works here at our church that, that is a retired uh, Army veteran, he was telling me, he was like, you know what, you never, you never complain down or complain across. If you have somebody, something to say to somebody, you always go straight up to who can make a difference in that situation. That's right. In other words, if they can't fix it, solve it, okay. you shouldn't be talking to them. Yeah, and this happened. You know what? This just happened this past weekend. Did it? Really? Um, I'm not. I'm gonna not name names or ministries, but there was a ministry where somebody was upset how they had they had properly done what was right, but the person did not like what had happened. So the person kind of walked off, and then the person went to another area of the church my and said, "You'll never my. believe what they just did to me." Yeah, and then went to about five or six people. And said, you'll never believe what just happened to me. Yeah. And they triangulated. They were building, like you just said, alliances, yep. allegiance. I need you on my side. That's it. I need you on my side. That's it. And they're really poisoning the water. So. And it's all because we're insecure. It's all because our identity is found in what we do, how we look, and not found in Jesus. Because if it's found in Jesus, I can have the loving conversation. 
but because I want to make sure everybody sees me the way I want them to see me, then I, then I want to create these alliances that come alongside me. And so it just damages the body of Christ. And can you imagine when that happens in more than one ministry or multiple ministries? No, no wonder why people walk away from church. I'm just hurt. I don't want to do this anymore. I thought church people were better as if we don't fall short and if we don't sin. And because of that high expectation, when somebody hurts them, they just walk away and say, I'm done. Yeah. And that's exactly what the enemy wants, which is why we have to fight against it. And we have to train each other in how to walk in godliness in this area. Now, everyone plays a role in this, too, because some yep. of us aren't the victims. Some of us love being the rescuer. Absolutely. If you ever find yourself saying, well, people just like to come share what they're going through with me, or I don't know why, but everybody just likes to tell me what's going on in their life. Yeah. That might mean that you are a rescuer. And that's not a good thing. Yeah. Um, you, you really become a dumping ground for them to dump on you and actually try to manipulate you and control you into fixing their problems. So that's good. Um, there are a couple of biblical examples uh, where, yeah. number one, uh, where Jesus is, he's reclining. He's at the home of Mary yeah. and Martha yes, and is. Lazarus. Yep. And um, Martha, no doubt, is in there cooking the meal. She's preparing the house. She's getting ready. I'm sure she's doing a lot of hard work. And then she sees Mary in there at Jesus' feet. Chilling. Chilling. I want to worship Just and I want to honor the man of God. I want to go in. Yes, it. I want to go in. And she goes to Jesus and she says, Jesus, um, can you tell her right. to come help me with all this work? Correct. So she's saying, Martha's saying, I'm the victim. Right. She's the bad guy. Right. Jesus, I want you to rescue me from this situation. And what Jesus masterfully does is he does not get involved in that dialogue because that's for them to go talk to each right. other about. So he here's what he doesn't become. He doesn't become a trash can, which is what most of us do. He doesn't become a trash can and get involved in that dialogue. He knew that if that's going to work out, you guys need to talk to each other, not try to get a third party to weigh in and be the referee of y'all's discussion. So he stays out of it mm -hmm. and allows them to address it. Just like Jesus balances grace and truth perfectly, stays out of it and focuses on what matters most. Brilliant. Yeah, and then that's in Luke 10. Then two chapters later, Luke 12, mm -hmm. somebody comes out of a crowd and he tells Jesus, Jesus is teaching about greed and money. And he says, teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. Mm -mm -mm. Jesus, tell my brother right. who's got all the money, he needs to cut that in half and share it with me. Jesus, I need you to fix this problem. Hold on. So here's what that means. Perhaps for a while, it's been stirring in his heart. And he doesn't like it. And he's trying to figure out how do I how do I get how do I have the moral authority to tell him to do what's right by me? And Jesus, instead of trying to debate who has the moral authority or who should get what, yeah. he stays out of it. That's what he does. Because that's not your issue to fix. They need to talk about it. So go have a conversation with your brother and work that out. But leave me out of it. I will not rescue you. I want you to be courageous enough to have the difficult conversation. It was genius. Jesus said, who appointed me to be a judge or arbitrator over the two of you? Now, he is the ultimate judge. Right. But he says, I'm not getting caught up in your drama. Correct. Y'all need to go work that out. 
my, 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 my. And I wish we had more courageous people in the body of Christ that would do that. But because we love being the rescuer or we love being the hero or we love being the person that seems wise and poised and, and solution-oriented, we love to jump into those situations and try to show that, yeah, when you have future problems, come back to me instead of saying, no, I'm actually hurting you if I do that. Let me get you to develop the muscles of conflict resolution so that you can work things out with your brother or sister in Christ, so which is why it's literally vital for us to stay on the sidelines and let people continue the dialogue and not become the rescuer, even if it sounds and feels great. And, and yes, now some of us like being the victim mm-hmm. and want Jesus to rescue there was one other time where somebody else said, I'm going to be the rescuer and made Jesus the victim. And when the soldiers came to arrest well, Jesus, yeah. Peter takes out the sword, cuts an ear off, yep. and Jesus says, whoa, 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 put your sword up. Because what Peter had did, this is so funny, because Peter acted as if he was Jesus' rescuer. Well, that's right. So <laughs> there's comedy He's defending in him. He's, I, I'm here to protect you. Nobody will do this to you. Not, not on my watch, Jesus. So right. he's making Jesus the victim. And he's going to be the rescuer, and he's making these soldiers the bad guys. That's it. And Jesus is not the victim. <laughs> he sure doesn't need, need Peter to be his rescuer. That's exactly right. So we, we all play a role in this. And we all play all three roles sometimes. Yes. And so we've got to remember that, that when two people have a conflict situation, it's theirs to solve. Now, you can tell them, hey, why don't I will go to you with you to go help have that conversation. Yes. But what I will not do is let you dump on me. And I will not be a trash can. So say it with me, everybody. Don't be a trash can. That's what we all should say. Don't Don't be a trash trash can. can. No more trash can. Because I'm going to make sure that you're having a difficult conversation. And and it's it's just a circle. So ultimately, here's how this works. The victim controls the rescuer. Because they're controlling them to try to fix their situation. Mm -hmm. The rescuer tries to control the bad guy or the persecutor. And then the bad guy or persecutor tries to control the victim. And That's the it. cycle goes on. It's all, we're all interdependent on each other when we're caught up in it. It's all unhealthy. And here are some reasons that we justify yep. triangulation. So we No, you know what we do here, right? Sorry, Pastor Matt. You know what we do here, right? <laughs> we tell our heart, heart, yeah. tell the brain to come up with some reasons why this one is different. Right. So you have mastered the art. I have too. I'm mastered the art of coming up with reasons why no, in this case, this is the exception. Mm-hmm. So let's just remind you that there are no exceptions. <laughs> and let's walk down the aisle. All right? <laughs> so let's go through these five reasons that your mind, your heart's going to tell your mind to come up with, and it's going to be brilliant, but it's still wrong. That's right. Number, Number one, one. What do you got? Legalism. Since the issue isn't technically a sin, Ooh. it's not necessary to apply Matthew 18 and go share directly with the persecutor. So legalism, since it's not a sin technically, right. I don't have to do it. This one's a little different. This is maybe a, a matter of preference. That's right. Number two. Number two. Minimizing. The issue is so small to be worthy of confronting. But if this was true, why is A going to C? In other words, minimizing. It's so tiny. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. I just wanna I just wanna get it off my chest really and just share it with somebody else. No, no, no. If it wasn't a big deal, it wouldn't be on your chest. Therefore, go talk to them. Number three. Number three, blaming. 
Uh, B is B, uh, who is uh, the persecutor, is mm-hmm. too hard to talk to. There it is. Uh, it's it's safer to go to someone else. So Matthew 18 doesn't apply to difficult people. That one, that's probably one of the ones we've heard the most. Here's why: because you don't usually like going to your leader, especially if your leader is a little driven. They're too hard to talk to. They're going to talk over you, and and so you just justify the person's personality and say, well, it's too hard to talk to them. Let me go talk to somebody else, and maybe they can talk to them on my behalf. No, the Bible didn't say if their personality doesn't fit you, then talk to somebody else. It just says if you have an aunt with your brother, go talk to them. Therefore, we've got to have the courage to go have the conversation. Then, if you don't feel like you've been hurt, then you can bring somebody else with you, but you're not doing it on your own and you're not slandering somebody else and giving your side of the story when the other person is not there to defend themselves. Number four. four. False humility, mm-hmm. where A says, maybe I'm part of the problem, so I don't need to talk to C or get their opinion. So, in other words, you're saying, well, this isn't just their problem. It's my problem, too. It's all of our problems, so I just need some advice, yeah. and I'm just going to go have some people help me with some options, yep. some advice. Maybe they'll pray for me. Yep. And all at the same time, I'm sharing what, that, what that's going through. Which means you're lying to yourself. So just, <laughs> just, just, just remember, <laughs> it, there is never an okay time for you not to talk to the person. Go talk to them. And then false compassion. Uh, a does not want to hurt or judge B. So going to see is a better technique. I don't want to hurt their feelings. I just want to be so godly and make sure I protect them. They might be hurt. That is, um, that is, that is not true. So your goal is to have the conversation and let Jesus Christ worry about how they're going to receive it. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. So go have the difficult conversation with them. Five ways in which we justify triangulation. All right. Yeah. How are we going to close this off, Pastor Matt? What well, else we got? these all oh, show up. Just a funny example. These yeah. all show up in politics. And without, oh, yeah, that's right. I, I saw this um, that without polling, there would be no politics. So politics involves polling, which involves getting people on your side. Yep. So here's what here's how this shows up in an election season. The politician views their party as the victim. Yep. Then the politician paints the other party as the bad guy. Yep. And here's what the good politician does. They're the rescuer. Yes, all right. I'm going to save my party from the bad guy if you vote for me. Yep. So I'm going to poll and get as many people on my side. And that's really what we're doing. And we do that in every argument, too. So when we go to church and we don't like how something is going, we want to poll people so they're on our side so that we can say you're wrong, we're right, when really, oftentimes, it's just a self-centered agenda that we're trying to push forward. Yeah. So here's some ways to avoid triangulation. Number mm-hmm. one, speak straight. It's way more comfortable telling someone else when we've been wrong than to tell the church. That's it. Go straight to the person. Catch yourself going down that path and just stop it. Go talk to the person. Um, if it just You can tell when you're doing it. You can tell when you're making yourself the victim. You really are. And the reason we want to teach this as a team and as a church and perhaps do a series on it is because everybody needs to know the language so that Mm -hmm. everybody can identify when they can see themselves doing it. And we can, in a healthy way, call each other out and say, you know what? You know what that is. That's triangulation. Stop it. Don't even go down that path. You can tell yourself or you can tell somebody when you see them doing it. But you've got to speak straight, one, to each other. And then you got to speak to the person that you have the issue with. Yeah. All right. Number two, avoid becoming the third party. When someone talks yep. trash about another coworker, stop them respectfully by saying, you seem upset. Have you shared this with them? Or 
I, I would say it this way. If somebody shares something with you, say, man, you really seem upset. How did the person respond when you shared this with them? Yeah. It assumes yeah. you did, even though they probably didn't. Hashtag, I'm not a trash can. That's all you got to say. Hashtag, I'm not a trash can. So let's go to the person and talk to them. But do not bring your trash to me because I'm not a trash can. That's all you have to say. Yeah. And then you're done. Now, the important part here is for you, again, to practice making sure you see it coming and stop yourself. Mm -hmm. Or practice when yeah. you hear it coming, you stop the person in love. And you go give them a hug and say, you know, that's not how we do it here. But you've got to get an environment and a culture that knows it, that sees it, that can smell it out. Because all the enemy wants to do yeah. is to take innocent people that are trying to live right and then allow a, a, a fleshly side of them to raise up right. and then use that to create division in the body. You and I must never allow them to do that. Number three. Develop assertive communication skills. Ma, 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 Triangulation ma, ma. is a passive-aggressive way of communicating with each other. It's dishonest and respectful. The only style we should be using is assertive communication, honest and respectful. That's it. Assertive, meaning hmm. pray before you go. Yeah. Have Ask God to give you the courage to have the tough conversation. I promise you, it will clarify. People have better relationships, and they will tell you, thank you for having the courage to come and tell me yourself. Yeah. I appreciate it. And it just creates a healthier environment. So we're, we're pleading with you yeah. to teach it and then practice it and make it a daily part of your experience and culture as a church or as an organization. Yeah. All right, let's close it off, man. Yeah. As a leader... Um, uh, as leaders, consider these approaches in making sure that it's not a part of your culture. The no and the Stanley says the number one enemy of the church is disunity. That's right. The number one enemy of the that's church is disunity. Therefore, that's true, according to John chapter 17. So therefore, Andy, there here are four different ways mm -hmm. in which leaders can courageously make sure we stay unified by disarming mm -hmm. triangulation. So we've got to stay alert to it. And then the, it. Big, the big way to say that is, is it's it's much easier to stay out of triangulation than to get out of it. <laughs> it's Ooh, easier that's to good. stay out that's good. than to try to dig out of it. So be alert. Know that it's a trick. Yep. Know this is a strategy of the enemy to bring division in your organization, your family, or your friendship group. Yeah, that's really, really good. Number two is give the complaining person the benefit of the doubt. Isn't that what we always want, the benefit of the doubt? Maybe they didn't, maybe they didn't mean it the way you perceived it. Maybe they didn't, um, maybe they didn't, maybe they didn't, that wasn't the tone. The tone you received was not the one they meant. Your whole goal is to give them the benefit of the doubt. In other words, believe the best about them. In other words, make sure you're giving to them what, what Jesus has given to you which is the benefit of the doubt, yeah. and give them another chance or a mulligan or a redo so they can say it again. That's what I would suggest. There we go. Number three. Defend the target employee or the team member. So whoever is the bad guy, whoever's the persecutor, defend them. Step yep. up for them. Yep. Um, maybe say, hey, maybe you misunderstood something. But what you don't want to do is choose a side either way, so defend them. Yeah. And then lastly, it is to coach the person who is uh, – uh, complaining. Just coach them up. Just yeah. say, hey, man, you you house the spirit of the living God inside of you. And because you do, he has given you everything you need for this moment and for this situation. So you have the courage to go have the conversation. So yeah. I will be your number yeah. one cheerleader. Let's go. As you yeah. go, grow 
in your confrontational skills because you're going to need it in every other area of your life. So get used to it. It's a part of life. Come on. You can do it. So say the Holy Spirit. Let's go. Yeah. So some of us need to grow in our confrontation skills. Some of us need to grow and stop trying to be the rescuer. Well, that's um, true. When yeah. we slip into the rescuer role, what we're doing is we force somebody to be the victim. And we force somebody to be the bad guy. That's good. So by being a rescuer, we're forcing people to take sides. Yeah. And the real hero is not somebody who rescues. It's somebody who empowers. That's good. Empowers people to do the right thing. So how do we become a master empower, masters to empower more and more people? Which means you're being their cheerleader. And you're saying to them, I know. They come to you with some drama. And you're saying, stop. Don't tell me anymore. Stop. Don't tell me anymore. Have you had that conversation yet? Well, now I want you to practice on me how you're going to have the conversation. Don't tell me the story. I don't want to know the story. Just you, I'm the person. You come up to me and mm -hmm. say, hey, you know what? Could, do you have a little time so we can have a conversation about this? And then you just talk through it. And then you say, now that you're ready, yeah. go talk to the person. Yeah. But empower them. Because when you do it for that moment, you're doing it for the rest of their lives. Yeah. They're, they're exercising their confrontational skills, yeah. their assertive skills which we will need as a body, body of Christ, in a family, in a small group, in a ministry, uh, wherever you are, you're going to need it on the job. So you're just helping them get better at it. That's so good. I can't wait to see how you guys do it. Yeah. I'm so excited. Pastor and, and after you, so here's, what, here's what's about to happen. Yeah. Now that you've listened to this, all of a sudden you're going to start to see it all over the place. Oh, oh gosh, yes. It's just you're aware of it now, so you're going to see it. And that's why this is so important to take your teams through this. Take your leadership team, your group, whoever you work with, take them through this because now everybody sees it. You've got names to call it. Love it. And you know how to stay out of it. Love it. And it will be painful. Yes, it will. But that's why we're here. That's why you've got this amazing, this great resource. You've got an outline. Go to our webpage again where you can download this so when you go through it, you can follow along. Um, you might not want to put names on who's there the victim is. and who's the Yeah, yeah, don't please don't names, do that. There it is, y'all. You <laughs> Go get this one. It's leadership gold. Go How get it. to control triangulation. It's on visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. Thank you for tuning in. This By the way, we have something coming up, don't we? We have a leadership conference wow. coming up. Come that on, is, don't forget that it. That is a big deal. You've got to go register. Climb get Leadership Conference. It is going to be the end of January 2023. And you want to get there. You want to get your team there. Anybody who wants to grow in their leadership needs to be at the Climb Leadership Don't conference. forget it. I promise you, it's worth the trip. Every time, 40 different breakout sessions, four app sessions with extended uh, yep. leadership development time with some of the world-renowned leaders in, for example, Future Church. You don't want to yep. miss it. And then some of the top communicators in all of America. Um, Darius Daniels will be in the house. Uh, e. Dewey Smith will be in the house. You don't want to miss it. It'll be incredible. So hopefully you'll register. Uh, the fourth weekend, is it, Pastor Matt? Fourth weekend in January. In January. Uh, go on the website, climb dash uh, leadershipconference.com. All right, you don't want to miss it. Let's make it happen. We'll have all those links on our show notes where you can register for that. Please, if this has been good to you, if you've enjoyed this or it's been eye-opening, leave us a review or share this with someone else. Yeah. And again, check out all the notes on the link that you'll see as well. Thank you again for joining us. We're so glad you're here. We cannot wait to see you again next month. God bless you. Love you guys. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. It has been an honor to have you here with us. Now, just want to remind you that all of the resources we talked about today are available online at visit1cc.com slash 
Leadership Roundtable. Now, if this has been helpful, leave us a review, go out there and hit subscribe, and more importantly, share this with your team so that everybody can grow. We can't wait to see you next time.